0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and today I am joined by an old friend, the one and only Dan Lee. Dan Lee of the band Scrabble. What's up, Dan? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Welcome. Welcome to the show. I ask every guest, uh, you know, a little bit about your Warriors fandom. So uh, what was it like for you? What's your background as as a Warriors fan?
1: Uh, so I'm born and raised in San Francisco and Bay Area in general. Um, so I, I support all the local teams and, you know, warriors are part of that. And unfortunately they were <laughs> on the the losing end for quite a long time. So, you know, it, I, I think it's great because between them and the Clippers, they used to battle for like the second worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. And now they're, you know, they're both great teams, you know, and... Uh, well, one's great. One is... Well, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> one, one had promise, but they just keep, you know, I don't know, something... They keep clipping. That's what they yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They can't shake that part of it. Now, I have a funny uh, Warrior story where I actually went to... So the game against Cleveland where they won the championship in Oakland mm-hmm. on that final game, I went to it. At the, to the game? yeah. Wow. It was awesome. Where were your I, seats? Second row from the top. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, far away as you could possibly awesome. be, except for the yeah, guys yeah. behind us. Um, <laughs> but I, I got those tickets because, um, so I'm a preschool teacher. And that was my first year as a preschool teacher. And this kid uh, was a biter and he was chasing this kid around and I knew he was going to bite this kid. So I went and got in the way and I put my arm out there to stop him and he just chomped down on my arm and uh, Jeez. his dad, his dad felt so bad about it that he kept offering to like do something nice for me. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's cool. It's fine. I mean, I actually had to go to the hospital, get a tetanus shot and take antibiotics just because the kid's bites are really dangerous, I guess. Um, and he broke the skin like I bruised up and everything. Dang, man. But for months, he kept saying, you know, I'm going to send you something and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he never did. And then one day, the day of the, you know, that game, uh, he's dropping his kid off in the morning and he's like, you going to watch the game tonight? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch the game. And he goes. And then he looks at me. He's like, you want to watch the game tonight? And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And he goes, send me your number. You know, so I text him, give him my number. And then like 20 minutes later, he texted me two tickets to the game.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Because for me, it's like the Warriors finally winning three titles. The Giants finally winning a couple Mm -hmm. or three titles. I was like, well, I guess I'll just admire this from afar and buy the... uh, (laughs) The commemorative DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, let's let's talk about the game that just happened. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so the Warriors beat the Cavs one of four eighty nine in a game that was actually really really aggravating to me for about three quarters. You know, and I was just like, "Yo, man, like this is not a game that you want to have a letdown game after that impressive." That's yeah. when it was set up to be such a letdown game because right. the Cavs were missing so many players. I mean, on the Warriors, Andre Iguodala sat, but you're like, the Cavs are so depleted. Like, there is no way. Yeah, we can have even if there's a letdown, we're not going to lose this game. But then they almost did because yeah. they started showing like all the Warriors fans that were in uh, the Cleveland Cleveland stands, and I was like. Oh man, they should just find those people and give them their money back because of the <laughs> terrible terrible showing. But they they came back. I mean, what what did you think? What was your impression of the of the game of the Warriors tonight and and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, my, you know, initial impression for the first 3 quarters was these guys celebrated too hard after the Brooklyn win. <laughs> exactly that. You know, it's a letdown game. They weren't coming out as fresh as they probably should have and and I thought, oh, this is going to be a horrible game to talk about. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, fourth quarter, they just all of a sudden flipped the switch. And, you know, Steph obviously hit his shots, but I thought the defense was amazing at that point. All of a sudden, they just turned the faucet off. But I was going to ask you, like, do you prefer those kind of blowout games where, you know, Steph and Draymond, everybody rests in the fourth quarter or a game like this where it's actually competitive all the way through or almost all the way through.
0: I'll take a loss as long as it's a loss where there's effort and it's interesting. I can't take a game that I just find boring and I felt like their effort was boring for three quarters. Yeah. I get it. They start slow. They started really slow. Again, what they were down by like at least like ten before they scored maybe. And
1: oh yeah, they went down ten zip.
0: Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, they're starting slow. And they just never picked it up. And it had like you know, echoes of that Charlotte game where no one could score. Right. But they just weren't asserting themselves and it was almost like they were just waiting for someone else to do it because they're so deep. Yeah. But yeah, to me it's it's about the effort because you want to see good competitive basketball, engaged basketball. You know what I mean? It's like going to yeah. a, a show and it's like someone could play a song, but you can tell if they're not really into it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean Oh yeah, you yeah. know, you can definitely I think it would have been a huge disappointment to lose this game and potentially go back home two and two.
1: I thought they had a lot of open looks though, and they just weren't hitting them.
0: They went but- cold from three again.
1: Jordan Poole, he
0: keeps jacking threes when he should be shooting more twos. Like right. that's something I noticed a couple of games ago. And then I think there was a statistic going around online today saying like I mean, he's shooting like it may be in the low thirties from from three, but from two. He seems to be money from the elbow, from mid-range. Right. I, I want him to shoot more of those.
1: Yeah, I always feel like they, they should have a rule about like everyone but Steph. Like if you miss one or two threes, like it's time to just go straight to the basket and draw a foul or something. Like You, you shouldn't be allowed to be on the three-point line until you go inside first a couple times.
0: Unfortunately, I don't know who else could like really drive off the three-point line consistently. It just felt like everyone was kind of just... Figuratively speaking, looking at each other to see who would actually make this uh make a run at some point. And yeah. I mean it's face facts, like it was all about the fourth quarter. And I was tweeting about this during the third quarter. I was like, Okay, this is ugly. And Steph could put another like feather in his MVP cap for this season if he's able to kind of just basically will this team to victory. Yeah. And I was like I don't know. I don't know if he's going to do it, but he did it. You know, that's like championship DNA right there. You know, yeah.
1: two quick threes. And then it was just like, oh, they're right back in it.
0: Yeah. And they just needed somebody else to hit shots. And yeah. Damian yeah. Lee hit a couple of shots and want to Scott Anderson, man. Like JTA, yeah. I give that dude props because he's been relegated to uh, a lesser role further down the bench. Oh yeah. You haven't seen him at all the last couple of games. Yeah. He was super rusty. Uh, it looked like everything was like a hair slow. His reactions, his passes were a little off. But then he came back, he played hard, and I give him props for that because he's worked hard to get
1: to this point. And if he's at the end of your bench, that's a good sign for
0: the rest of your team.
1: Yeah, what did you think of uh, the way they're doing Curry's minutes now?
0: These rotations are interesting because, especially in a close game, because if you start him fourth quarter and then pull him out in a close game in the middle of that quarter, you're asking for trouble, right? If it's close, <laughs> all of a sudden you might lose a lead or totally. just get way further behind. And so I was curious to see what they would do. In the Charlotte game, they took him out, but he wasn't shooting very well anyway. Yeah. But in this game, he was the only one hitting shots and they decided to keep him in. And yeah. looking at the stat sheet, he only played 35 minutes, which is a minute more than they tried to play him. And I mean, the stat line was amazing 15 for 27, 9 for 16, 40 points. One free throw, man. One free throw. Like, (laughs) you kidding me? Like, looking at you, James Harden, looking at you, Trey Young, you know what I mean? Like, uh, he gets by on pure
1: ability, not cheating the game. Yeah. And it was kind of a quiet night for Wiggins. He had 12. I don't even really remember his 12. Yeah, his his points are usually pretty quiet, man. Like he, no, but he's had some good games though recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's
0: he's, he's been more assertive, you know. Yeah. But he just wasn't hitting shots. 0 for five from three. I mean, yeah. five for eleven overall. Yeah. But um, you know, he just didn't have it. I figured he might have a little bit more because Cleveland is one of the teams that traded him, so he's usually played pretty hard against Cleveland. But I don't know. I guess there's just some major hangover all around, and yeah, it was like a stunning thing to see and, and pretty aggravating.
1: Yeah. They went up, what, 13 at, at the end of the third? By the end of the third? What they, I don't know if oh, they were losing by, it. the Cavs, yeah, they were up 13. I mean,
0: dude, 36 to 8 in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. That's insane. I I was like, okay, let's see if this team has the moxie to come back from 13, but they didn't just come back. They beat them by 15, which is crazy. Yeah and they smacked him yeah so
1: what are your thoughts on jonathan kaminga everybody's favorite dude right now yeah he didn't really do anything this time around yeah he's just got zeros all around he took three three-pointers <laughs> so that's probably why like I, he was feeling it He was feeling himself but he missed them all he should have he probably should have went three inside and one <laughs> one three-pointer i like him you know I want to see him play more.
0: Yeah, he didn't have a great game, but I wouldn't make too much of it. Because to me, it's like, I think he's amazing. I mean, I have my eye on him since the G League. Yes, he needs fine tuning and reps and seasoning. But uh, you'll know this reference. He's not a Donald Foyle. He's not Antoine Jameson. Right. You know what I mean? Somebody who had to change positions all of a sudden and yeah. relearn basketball. He's not Foyle who barely played basketball. He's a guy who knows how to play. You yeah. Know, both ends. Oh, yeah.
1: For sure. I just can't. Wait. I want to see Clay in there. I've been itching for Clay to come back, him and Wiseman, but I wonder how that pushes everybody down the line and like whether they get to play with the starters anymore. Like once those guys come in.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with the rotations. Obviously, like Jordan Poole goes to the bench, but you know, Damian Lee will have fewer minutes. Right. Obviously, Wanskano Anderson is going to have fewer minutes. I think. I mean, I'm curious to see what happens with Wiseman. To me, it's a little bit clearer cut with Clay because you know he's going to start. And so everybody yeah. just moves down the line on the wing yeah. and um, at the guard spot. But Wiseman, it's like, it really depends on what he can give you. You know what I mean? Like, How do
1: you feel about Looney?
0: Oh, man. I love Looney. I hate Looney. You know, I mean, no, I just, <laughs> I love the guy. I just wish he was a little bit more athletic, but yeah. I love what he is on defense. And seriously, Wiseman, if he can figure out how to just stay solid on on defense and not blow assignments and not foul people, then yeah. it's going to be a that's the thing, you just don't know what Wiseman's gonna be, right? Yeah. Um, how much has not playing five on five for this long since April hurt him? But yeah. then how much has the development and the coaching with these specific coaches? Helped him. Is he going to be good enough to start eventually? Like uh, soon after he comes back. If so, where does that put Looney? Because Bealiza, he showed why he can play in some of these matchups because he can shoot. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, he can stand out there and and hit a three, and they need that. It's also going to be interesting because obviously Draymond plays center sometimes, and Kaminga can play center a little bit, and Otto Porter Jr. can play. Uh, They've had him in there as like the other big. I feel like with Wiseman, they should be as careful as they need to be. And same with Clay with those injuries. Yeah. Clay tore his Achilles almost a year to this yeah. day. Like, I believe it was the 20th of November last year. And you know, sometimes you need a little bit more than a year. So we'll see what happens. But with yeah. Wiseman, too, it's like I've seen so many times this season where I'm like, oh, I wonder if Wiseman would be able to flush that, you know?
1: Right. Cause Looney never, he never jumps and dunks. Like sometimes he's right there and you're just like, just dunk it, dude. Yeah. And he never does. And then sometimes he'll get blocked because of it, because he doesn't yeah. go up strong. And you're just like, you're right there, man. Just throw it down.
0: Yeah. I mean, he'll only dunk when he's coming down the lane on a back door or like some kind of just cut. And they definitely missed Andre Gadala tonight just to yeah. slow everyone down and calm everyone down. Yeah. Especially like he's somebody that, Does that, but like when they have slow starts with their starting unit, and then he comes in somewhere in the first quarter, that makes a huge difference, you know? So, with him not there, people were like, I don't know what to do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, right? Yeah, I'm
0: I'm gonna shoot it. I guess I'll, you know, I'll shoot it. You know, I missed, but I'll shoot it again. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net. Net you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: You're listening to the Oakland Warriors podcast. Do you know Oakland Warriors is a website too? OaklandWarriors.com offers a collection of Warriors t-shirts that are comfy, classy, and cool. Fit for a real Warriors fan like you. Forget basic tees and boring designs. With Oakland Warriors, you can show your team pride with those in the know. I have a shirt from OaklandWarriors.com. It's comfy and soft, and it reps the dubs in a low-key but fun way. Don't believe me? Check out OaklandWarriors.com and use the code podcast at checkout for a 10% discount. Have you been to Chase?
0: No, no. When I was in San Francisco a couple years ago, I saw it and I was like, wow, from the outside.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is before, uh, before COVID, of course. And, you know, I remember when I was in film school in San Francisco and there was nothing in Mission Bay. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? Like, uh, I remember shooting stuff
1: out there. I think there I nobody. shot that thing with you there.
0: Yes, yes. I I was I was gonna say, and where we all everybody got like dressed up in really bright clothes, totally. And then I was like, oh yeah, Um, yeah. And there was nothing; it was just empty lots, you know. But uh, I, you know, I'll make it there someday. I I do have you know bitter sweet feelings because the Warriors have been in Oakland my whole life. Yeah. Um, But it is uh, it is what it is at this point.
1: (laughs) There was like a weird. It was like a similarity between when when the Niners moved to Santa Clara and that mm-hmm. first year they just stuck they sucked like everything fell apart right before that the you know it was supposed to be this grand opening for their new stadium and they just sucked yeah and it was kind of like Chase Center it was like right before that happened you know KD leaves Clay's messed up like just yeah. everything went wrong everything that you know. Yeah. These high hopes, like, oh, we're going to have this super dynasty and they're just going to carry it over to the new place. Yeah. And then it just, everything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> he was like, oh man.
0: Yeah. I used to talk about like, hey man, is there a curse? Is there yeah. a, an Oakland curse? What are your thoughts on KD, man? I know this is off topic. This is from the last game, but like, I'm just curious. I like asking people because I still am a KD fan and I support him and um you know he wanted to move on and do other stuff play somewhere else that's fine you know yeah it wasn't ours to begin with
1: exactly right and i think that's why he left you know clearly he didn't feel like like at least the way they talk about it like he couldn't get over the fact that it was curry's team even though he was you know the mvp of both you know both finals and, you know, there's no doubting his skill level, obviously. It's his choice to leave. If he wants to leave, that's his thing. Um, it would have been awesome if he stayed, but, uh, you know, what can you do? Like, I'm not going to hate the guy for that. I don't get too petty about, you know, what what players want to do individually. You know? Nah,
0: nah, neither do I. Especially, like, that's the thing that kind of confounds me sometimes, man. It's, like, people who are, like, legit hella mad at kd <laughs> for leaving the warriors it's like you'd be disappointed i get it it's and it's one thing if he was drafted by us i mean honestly right OKC, those fans i mean they have a right to be pissed. i feel bad I mean, for
1: them for sure
0: yeah whether or not it's like how they express their displeasure that's the debatable thing to me but it's like hey i get it it's like somebody bailing out on you yeah uh, that's fine but He is a basketball nomad and he came and, as I like to say, blessed us with his talents for a few years and then moved on. It's like, it it, it wasn't a betrayal. It wasn't a sellout move. It wasn't, oh, we're not good enough for you type thing. I'm just not sure exactly what it is. Or if it is just pure people who are like so single-minded about uh, sports and their fandom that they just can't see anything else beyond like, Oh, once you leave my team, you, you I done. hate you. You know, yeah. and and I don't know whose whose voice I just did, but hey, he sounds <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like, like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I always talk about this with with Aram. We used to talk about peak Steph, right? And even though we were super happy that KD came to the Warriors, we knew that we were going to lose a couple years of peak Steph, and he was awesome during those years, regardless. Right. But imagine how good he could have been if he didn't have to make KD feel more comfortable on the court, didn't have to right. give up shots, didn't have to like kind of acquiesce and stuff. So, you know, I mean, not saying he didn't want to do it, but like he was coming off with the first ever unanimous MVP in right. the 73 win season. Yes. They lost in the finals on some BS um, Kiki <laughs> Vandaway stuff, but you know, like how much greater could he have been the following year? You know. What's your feel for this team? I think everybody's realizing how good they are, especially after beating the Nets and the Bulls in convincing yeah. fashion. But we're from the same era. Are you confident or are you like worried?
1: I only get worried about health. Yeah. That's my thing. I think they got the talent, obviously, and especially when they get the return of their other talent. <laughs> but yeah, it does feel like the strength and numbers kind of feel. These different guys can, can come alive at any given night and contribute enough to take some of the pressure off of Steph to have to score 40. So it does feel like that, you know, it feels kind of like that. Like we're getting back to that championship run, but you know, it's only what a handful of games into the season. So there's still a lot to go, but even during that blowout game, the thing that came into my mind was why is Steph still in the game? Like sit <laughs> that guy down, like you have a 20 something point lead. Like he should not be in the game anymore. You know, Are you talking about the Nets game. Uh, yeah. And, and I think there was another one too, but just yeah, any, any time are you know, cause I'm, I'm at least for the, the, the championship runs, you know, you, you got used to this whole thing of them destroying the team by the third quarter. And then, you know, him and clay and Draymond would be sitting for most of the fourth, if not all the fourth. And then the benefit of that is that the other guys get to play, you know? And so they're, they're honing their skills or getting used to the, The play just everything and getting used to each other i want to get back to that because it keeps Steph healthy gets the other guys more minutes and then Mm -hmm. it's going to be useful down the stretch but yeah most of the time when i see the blowouts i'm just like get him out get him out i just i don't want him under the rim somebody fall on him or just him landing wrong on somebody's foot i worry
0: about that sometimes too but it feels like the handful of times that's happened it's almost like he wanted to get 50 in that one game you know (laughs) And he Uh, wanted to get a certain number of shots up because I wouldn't say he's chasing the MVP, but somewhere inside him, he's chasing the MVP, you know? Oh, for sure. We all heard that even he reads like tweets at halftime, but like all great athletes, right They're they're looking for motivation and they're looking to prove people wrong. And people have always doubted Steph, even to... To this day, which is why, like the whole peak Steph thing, to me was such a a bummer to miss out on those few years. Regardless of you know how much I liked having KD on the team, but now it's like he's so well conditioned, his skill yeah. is so transferable to mid late prime right. that he's gonna keep doing this. I mean, hell yeah, he wants to win the title and he wants the MVP. I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, because like he could have had it last year. He probably yeah. surprised himself a little bit how good he was yeah. still. And it's one of those things where maybe even like the the mental part of the game it starts slowing down even more so. Right. Like I think Michael Jordan said that in his early 30s, it's when like his basketball skill and his basketball mind yeah, kind of meet. Yeah. Like he was still physically at his peak and his mind was peaking too. Yeah. And Steph, different type of game, of course. He's still in that area.
1: Maybe the uh, the KD years helped that because he's like deferring a little bit to him, right? So it's taking some of that wear and tear off of him so that yeah. he can have the longevity. In some oh, ways. it
0: definitely did. It definitely saved him, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And sitting out with that broken hand probably <laughs> saved his legs a little bit more too, right? Some yeah. wear and tear, just like what Buster Posey sitting out for a year. Yeah. Right? I mean, this has the potential to be a very special year. Obviously, I mean, they're they're thirteen and two, and they haven't had a record like I mean, anytime you're thirteen and two in any sport, that is very um, promising. Everybody slept on Steph.
1: Do you understand that? Like, why people still do that on him? Like after a a career of what he's doing? Oh, yeah, because recognize.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because like anything else, people loved him. And they raised him up, and then other people, sometimes the same people, pull him down. A lot of folks, especially old school folks, they don't like the three-pointer. Right. They don't yeah. like the fact that like this is what his game is. But I would ask those people specifically if they like James Harden's game. His game's horrible. It's, it's ugly, man. It's like yeah. flailing arms. Getting fouls all the time. Yeah, trying to work the system in that way. Like I said, Steph had 40 points and he was one for one from the free throw line. Yeah. You know, Harden had 24 points, I think, against the Warriors and he was 10 of 11 yeah. from the line. Are you kidding me? You yeah. know, so even though there's new free throw rules, new foul rules, he's still figuring out ways to get there. And that's like, if he didn't have those fouls, I don't know if he is a top 75 player of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what is he without that? His MVP year, he averaged eleven free throws. Eleven freaking free throws, man. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, without those free throws, he's averaging like maybe I don't know what his points average was, but maybe he's averaging mid twenties without those free throws. Yeah. So the basketball gods hopefully get get him back, but yeah, Steph just he doesn't cheat the game at all, you know. Yeah. and I, I think some people just like to you know hate. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure there's players that I hate on. Uh, like I'm, I'm not a Trey young fan cause of the foul stuff, but I watch him and he's actually, you know, he's quick, he's good. He can yeah. shoot and he's not as gimmicky Definitely. as, uh, he's not as gimmicky as, uh, James Harden. Yeah. And LeBron, I appreciate everything he does, but like, I can't root for that guy. <laughs> I can't, I can't pull for that. <laughs> like you kidding me? So thanks for joining me man cool thanks for having me that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E-P-I-N-O or at Oakland Warriors check us out at com. Dan where can people find out about you
1: Instagram is BBQ uh, <laughs> you can look me up on Bandcamp Scrabble uh, S-C-R-A-B-B-E-L that's the band sweet
0: cool man And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.